Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to M's The Word. It's me, Hannah, and today I have a podcast guest, my friend Kirsty, who is a hormone health coach. I can't wait for you all to hear this conversation. Kirsty touches on a variety of different topics, all connected to healing your hormones, from food to contraception, and how we can heal ourselves and take back control of our lives by making simple daily changes. I'll link all of Kirsty's details in the show notes in case you'd like to get in touch with her if you have a specific issue that you want to explore. And anyway, let's crack on with the show. Hello, Kirsty. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Welcome. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do as a hormone health coach? Yeah, sure. And thank you so much for inviting me to talk about my favorite subject, <laughs> hormones, all things hormones. So I'm a functional medicine health coach and I specialize in helping those with a period. So women, menstruators to work with their hormones, so to understand their cycle, but to also heal naturally. So if somebody's experiencing hormonal issues, to really understand the root cause of those issues. And yeah, like I said, heal naturally through lifestyle changes. So looking at the things within your lifestyle that isn't quite serving your hormone health right now, Mm -hmm. and then looking at sustainable ways that you can make the changes that best suit you. Amazing. I I, um, didn't actually realize that hormone health coaches even existed until like two, three years ago. Do you get that quite often or is it kind of more well known now because of things like Instagram and and the internet but I feel like when I was younger and struggling with hormones didn't even know that this was a thing I didn't know that you could heal yourself holistically yeah exactly I think most people that I speak to that are interested in coaching with me or just kind of you know via Instagram asking for advice that I didn't even know that there was a health coach Mm -hmm. for my hormones and I think it is a fairly new thing. So my training is functional medicine. So it's very broad, but obviously it's like, well, what am I most passionate about? You know, I've had my own hormonal issues myself. I've been through the process of healing naturally. And I feel that sometimes when we've gone through our own problems, we've healed and we're like, oh, okay, this actually works. I've come out the other side. We become even more passionate about it. And we just want to talk to anybody that will listen about it so that's kind of how I, th- I suppose I specialized in that and really sort of focus drill down into the hormonal aspect of everything because mm. you know how how much it works so you just want to shout about it especially for all those women I mean so many so many people asked questions um, over on my Instagram when they saw that I was doing this podcast with you and it actually made me feel really sad that there's so many women out there that 
don't know what to do with certain hormonal issues that they're having. They don't understand their bodies. And I feel like it's such a basic thing that we should all be taught as teens in school. Like we should be able to understand our own bodies and know what's going on in order to really be at our optimum. Yeah, exactly. And I I feel that that is a really shared experience that we go through. We kind of get to this point For me, it was my late 20s and I did not know anything about Mm. my cycle. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, and I remember being taught about it by a male PT and that actually made me feel... Yeah, everybody knows James Smith PT now, right? He's massive on Instagram. But when he was the early days of him doing his Facebook stuff, that's... I remember him talking through like training with your cycle and I was like, why why do I not know about these phases? Why do I not know about all these things that are happening? And for me personally, it was because I was on hormonal birth control Mm -hmm. for 10 years. So I could not, I think, one sort of link in with those phases because my Mm -hmm. body wasn't going through those phases whilst being on hormonal birth control. But it's exactly that. Going back to your point, it isn't something that we're taught about in school we do not get empowering education about our period and our cycle as a whole Mm -hmm. so it really is down to us unfortunately well fortunately unfortunately depends which lens you look at it through but it's often we come to this work when something's not feeling right for us so we're at like that not breaking point but we know we you know want this. to explore other avenues basically. exactly yeah I feel like for me it's it was my late 20s early 30s and as soon as I kind of discovered that book period power which I go on about mm. all the time it was like a revelation I feel like that book it sounds so dramatic but it literally changed my life since I started tracking which we'll probably go on to cover later on mm. tracking my cycle I now know down to a t like which days of the month I'm going to feel a certain way, which days I need to take off work, which days I need to socialize. And it's literally changed my life. Um, So what would you say to somebody if they asked you, where do you start with your hormone health? Because it's such a broad Mm. topic and it can be quite overwhelming. And with the internet as well, it's like, there's so much information. So where would you, where would you tell somebody to start? Yeah. So the first place that I would start is to really empower yourself with your information. So understanding what, what does your cycle look like? What's normal for you? And, you know, I hate that word normal because often we then compare our cycle to like our friends or somebody else. And we're like, well, theirs is 25 days. Mine's, you know, 32 where, you know, there are ranges within a cycle so you know there's like 21 days to 36 days is kind of like the range for for a period in sort of functional medicine and sort of holistic medicine we'd probably say we'd want to extend your your cycle to be within a range of probably like 25 to 36 21 days is you'd constantly feel like you were having a period I was just thinking in my head oh those poor people that have such a short cycle because you must be so up and down exactly to go through all those seasons in three weeks would be really intense and what happens is that we are not having um nice long what I call like your inner phases so I I refer to them like the seasons which is talked about in Mm. the book that you've mentioned period power So thinking of your inner phases as like the seasons. So when you do have a short cycle, you are not having, you know, the time that you deserve in your spring and summer, which is where we naturally feel most energetic. 
you know, more productive, more motivated. And typically what you'll find is that you're spending more time in your inner winter and in autumn where, you know, things are a bit heavier, feel a Mm. little bit darker. So that's kind of the reason that we want to, so say there is somebody listening that has more of the cycle, you know, between 21 and 25 days, it's looking at extending the cycle. And everything that we're going to talk about today in terms of lifestyle factors is working towards extending the cycle. Mm -hmm. So that's the first place. So start tracking. So you know your, your normal. And when it comes to tracking, we obviously, we know when the period arrives because it's there. It's like right in front of us, like we've got to deal with it. But we want to be able to also track ovulation. So we know that we're having those two key points in our cycle. So it's really important. I would say knowing that you're ovulating is more important than your period. Wow. Because that is that is your indicator of health, of mm-hmm. vitality. If we were talking about vitality for, for a woman, for those who menstruate, it is ovulation. So looking out for those types of signals. So whether that is, you know, discharge, mucus, how that changes and that kind of egg white um, consistency one, the one that is like sticky, mm-hmm. that is the most fertile one. So if you have that on, you know, it'll be like maybe a day or two, maybe you'd notice something like that. So that's really a signal of ovulation. So really looking out for those things, knowing what your cycle length is, kind of tuning into your symptoms. What kind of symptoms are you experiencing? So yeah, there may be some niggling sort of tummy ache around your period, maybe maybe headaches, and then knowing when that changes, then you're like, okay, do I need to explore? Why has something changed? Something in my lifestyle that's not serving my cycle health. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's probably the the place to start is really tuning in to what's going on for you. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, going back to tracking, I think when you start to notice a pattern each month, I think I've been doing it now for nearly a year, and you start to notice that pattern each month, it's really satisfying. And it becomes this thing where you feel so much more connected with yourself and like your internal systems, but also like with your emotions. And it's just so nice to have that sense of connection and the fact that you can kind of predict when you might be feeling like say for me for example day 18 and 19 I always have a dip in mood always every month I feel really low on those days but now I know to expect them I'm like okay so maybe I'm gonna take myself for an extra long dog walk that day maybe I'm gonna already have cooked dinner for the kids the day before so I don't have to like just kind of alleviating a few things for me as well it's like having my house clean on those days makes a huge difference to my mood which is like it's almost like you get that crazy like nesting feeling if anyone's ever had that during pregnancies where you just want everything to be clean and organized and tidy that's a huge like thing that comes up for me so I know for basically the rest of the month our house is probably quite messy and I'm like it's bohemian it's fine but for those two days I'm like I have to have this in order but it's so it can bring so much like clarification and bring back some of the joy I guess that you kind of miss if you're if you're not tracking and you're just randomly one day feeling really low and you're like what's wrong and you're trying to attach it to loads of different other things in your life when actually it's just hormone related it can it can really change your life yeah definitely and you know 
I've been tracking for a number of years. So you'd think, you know, I would just know when what seasons I'm in, but it's not really the case. And let's mm. be honest, we all have these full schedules. We've got lots yeah. going on. And sometimes you're literally like, how am I in this phase? I was literally just on my yeah. period. So like it creeps up on you even when you do start tracking. So it's nice to exactly what you've said. If something's coming up and you're like, gosh, my mood is terrible. I feel really like unproductive. I feel mm. really unmotivated. Those are the times that we're often so hard on ourselves mm. that we just kind of need to check in, whether it's, you know, you're using a tracking app, whether you're old school and you've got it in your diary. That's and there's me. <laughs> yeah, and there's loads of paper diaries out there yeah. now. But it's nice to have that thing you can check in and exactly like what you've said, you can go, okay, I thought I was going to feel really good today, but actually I'm day 18. So, you know, I actually know for me, this is normal. This slumping mood is normal. And it's also really important for those around us. So whether that's loved ones, like a partner that you live with, or whether it's people in work, like start... Mm. This is what I'm so passionate about as well. It's like, let's have these conversations yeah. and it's, with it's people. It's strange how so many people are uncomfortable having these conversations. I've actually just started doing this with my husband mm. where for the last couple of months, I've been like, just so you know, next week, Wednesday, day 18, 19, I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to need a little bit of extra like effort around the house and with the kids. Maybe you take a turn to cook. Those are going to be the days where like, I might be a little bit snappier. I might feel emotional. And then the other person is prepared or whoever you're with kind of knows to like just be a little bit more gentle with you, you know? Exactly. And like, let's be honest, if we are in like in a relationship, it's empowering for them to know because often that other person is like, oh my God, it's something that I've done. Mm. Oh my God, I really like pissed them off. Mm. And it's like, well, no, it's like I'm just low in mood energy. So I'm anyway, so mm. I'm going to maybe snap much quicker than I would yeah. you know last week if you did the same thing I'd yeah. probably tolerate it more so it really is an empowering tool for those around mm. you as well and you know when it comes to work yeah it might not always be possible to shift things around in your schedule but say for instance you work in a job which requires you to be you know in front of a camera or like mm. to be creative and feeling sassy if you could move that appointment to a time around your ovulation where you're naturally going to be like feeling mm. all those things or like a big presentation or even like a review in work where you're thinking I need to be asking for more money or you know I need to be getting a promotion just knowing where you are in your cycle to kind of help you plan those things yeah it's it's not perfect you're not gonna be able to do it all the time but it is a it's a really an empowering tool it's a productivity tool there's so many things and it really does help you understand yourself mm. on a level that probably we we never had because I think for us women in particular because we're often feeling like you know we've got to prove ourselves mm -hmm. you know in everything yeah. that we do we often then push ourselves yeah. and we push ourselves constantly so we're not honoring that time like what you've said like having a long dog walk instead of going to a hit class mm. so it really I call it like the permission slip to, to rest to slow down when and we, we have find it so hard to give ourselves that permission yeah to just rest because we live in this culture where productivity is so overvalued and it's such a shame because we we should be allowed to just be we should be but we find it so hard because it's almost like we've got to a point where our worth is almost based on how much we can work mm. and it's really hard if you're if you're in that autumn winter 
and you know you're listening to your body and it's screaming at you like stop like just take half an hour put your feet up the wall and you're like oh no I don't have time I can't do this it's so hard to be like no I'm actually just gonna listen yeah and And we don't live somewhere where it's celebrated to do that exactly so we're more in that kind of yang energy where we need to come back more into our yin Mm. more into our feminine and this is coming to one of the points and I know there was a couple of questions around this so I thought maybe this is a good point to mention it um is when we feel really depleted in our like around our bleed that's often a clue that we have pushed ourselves too much through those phases that we've just been talking about this autumn and the winter we've pushed ourselves too much so really and if you if you can um relate to this as well is that once your bleed has finished it kind of like the energy still feels like it takes a while to ramp back up because really it should be ramping back up you know your bleed finishes and energy every day kind of towards ovulation is getting brighter and brighter more energetic Whereas if you feel depleted and you really feel like it takes a long time to kind of shift out of that phase, that is really a strong signal that you have been doing Mm. exactly what we're saying, pushing, pushing. And that was like, that was me before I went on this journey. I was addicted to CrossFit. I pushed myself in the gym all the time. I fasted. I was putting my body under so much pressure and stress that I didn't even realize I thought Mm. all those things were good for me Mm -hmm. I thought like doing all that amazing exercise and you know eating you know in a restricted window was actually really good for me and it's not until you know my my adult acne was my my symptom that Mm. made me stop and go okay something's not right but but actually when I go back and reflect I'm like there were so many things about that time I was chronically fatigued I had extreme brain fog but I didn't know what brain fog was until Mm. I moved out of a time of brain fog yeah so yeah it's it's really sort of interesting when we can kind of reflect back and energy is such a an interesting one to tune in on is that yeah it's normal for our energy to dip but if it doesn't come back and we feel sluggish for a long time that's really your body is just screaming for you Mm. to slow down I think as well it's so hard for people to kind of differentiate between just living this fast-paced life where there's constantly a huge to-do list and we don't really ever stop and actually the differentiating between whether it's that or whether it's your body because unless you're kind of taking those moments to pause and reflect and maybe write down your cycles and and keep track of how you feel it's quite difficult for people to actually know where it's coming from yeah, and it takes us by surprise. We're like, mm. oh, I thought I was absolutely yeah. like smashing life and yeah. dealing with this stress. And then all of a sudden, it's I talk about stress in particular with my clients as like a bucket. So we constantly are filling up the bucket and it gets to a point where there are no holes in the mm-hmm. bucket to kind of let out the stress. And that's normally when we get to a point where we are so chronically fatigued that we literally can't do anything else. Yeah. And it's And that's, you know, we what the whole conversation here is about is to ensure that we don't get to mm. a breaking point that mi- that you literally can't physically you know not listen to your body yeah. anymore and exactly that like having these conversations the more we talk to our friends and our loved ones about this 
this message is going to spread and it's going to become normal to be Mm -hmm. able to slow down. It's going to become normal to say to your boss at work, okay, I'm, I, I'm not going to be as productive today. I might need to take some extra rest, but no, in seven to 14 days, I'll be back on my A game. And it's okay. Like our brain, because of what's happening hormonally, because of this amazing connection between the brain and the ovaries, the capacity like shifts by, you know, we lose about 20% of our brain capacity over the cycle. So if you feel, yeah, exactly. So if you feel, if you feel sluggish in those later parts of your cycle going towards, you know, menstruation, that's absolutely fine because our hormones, you know, estrogen, our diva hormone, the hormone gives us our, our energy and our sass and she's kind of makes us like fire on all cylinders. She's going through the roof, coming like sorry, she's going through the floor mm. when we get towards menstruation. So that there's such a strong chemical like thing happening in the brain with our hormones. So when the hormones naturally drop to allow us to experience our bleed, there's no wonder that our brain it, like we feel like I can't like for me, I struggle with words. Yeah. When I'm about to bleed, I'm like trying to describe to somebody what I had for dinner and I'm like <laughs> Why can't I think of that word? It's so fascinating. Once you know the science behind it, that's so empowering to to have an actual reason of why you feel a certain way. I think that's the thing for me that that felt so like great about learning a bit more about this mm. topic is that I was like, oh, I'm not just crazy because so many so many people throughout your life will be like oh she's on a period she's just crazy and it makes me angry I'm like I'm not crazy read a science book <laughs> exactly and it's that kind that's that language that we yeah. grow up with and yeah like- and also um I don't know if I can't remember where I watched it but I saw like an older advert advert the other day and I think it was for either sanitary towels or tampons or something and I can't remember the brand but I think it was just a really common thing for them to do a few years ago where they'd be like oh you're on your period but don't let that stop you and it was just this following this group of women who were running races and like going to hit classes and it's like that culture of pushing through even though you shouldn't be yeah and it's advertised to us in a way that you shouldn't take time off you should be still like at the top of your game yeah whereas I feel like we're kind of doing this flip at the moment Mm. like culturally hopefully where it's becoming more acceptable to have these conversations yeah and exactly that like to reward this the slowing down Mm. knowing that if we do that and this is this is a hard like even for me now after years of doing this and coaching multiple women through it I struggle to slow down in key aspects of my lifestyle. Like for me, movement is such a, a big mm. part of my life. So I struggle sometimes to do more of the restorative movement or hold myself same. back in a hit class because of the mentality yeah. of, you know, like all of the things that we grow, grow up with, yeah. you know, burning calories so we could eat food. It's like such a mindset yeah. shift. We have to unlearn so yeah. many of our things that we grew up with so that's okay and I'm it's just kindness to my to myself and then I think okay well I went and did that hit class now I have to check in with my energy how do I feel I feel energized but then later in the day I'll feel depleted so it's just checking in and then just constant refinement and fine tuning it's funny because I actually have I've been to like a hit class when I've been on my period fairly recently actually and I had this like urge to tell the trainer, I didn't, but I had this urge to tell the trainer, 
I'm not gonna I don't want to be pushed today mm. like I don't want to be told to run faster or lift heavier I'm here because like for my mental health basically and I'm not looking to be pushed but I didn't want to be like I'm on my period do you know what I mean there's that, almost that embarrassment and I didn't want them to then feel embarrassed so it's yeah. this strange even though that makes total sense to go into a gym and tell a train at someone who's going who's going to be like physically like t showing you and telling you what to do to tell them what's going on chemically for you it makes total sense but we don't do it yeah exactly exactly and that you know that's a that's a completely normal reaction mm. to have and like I think maybe if you were in that class and you were getting pushed and that you know they put like a heavier weight in front of you and you just snapped at them and yeah, like yeah. no I'm, I'm not, yeah, not doing it <laughs> but yeah it's exactly that and I feel that you know um and come into like, you know, different hormonal symptoms that maybe we experience when we're on our period, some movement can be really beneficial mm -hmm. to get like the blood flow going if we have a lot of cramping. So there's nothing, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, should I just not move at all? I'm like, no, there's, it's just finding what's restorative yeah. for you. And if going to a HIIT class, like you said, you know, has benefits for your mental health mm -hmm. and you feel energized after and you were able to really rein yourself mm. in and not go 95 percent yeah. like you would do an ovulation then that probably is is going to have benefits and that's when I, when I teach my clients to move with their cycle it is very much thinking about it like on an intensity yeah. scale so if you are going to go to a hit class on your period just think like you know can I go like 50 percent of my usual knowing that I'm going to ramp yeah. it up it's hard to practice that self-control though Absolutely. especially when you have in your head I feel like sometimes I have a certain level that I, I know that I can go to. So it's almost like I'm challenging myself. And I feel like if you have that type of mindset, it's really hard to rein that in and be like, no, you don't need to do that. Why? Who? What are you trying to prove? Like, you know, yeah. listen to your body. Exactly. So I try and think about it as like that that mindset and that um sort of like self-restraint mm. is a muscle in itself yeah so the more you go to the class and you're like okay I'm gonna you know depending on the type of movements that you do like if you enjoy sort of like using weights how about just moving for form so practicing you know good form as opposed to like doing the more sort of like intense workouts you know so still thinking of, of moving your body, but also if that really doesn't appeal to you and all you want to do is have a cheeky little nap, absolutely. I feel like naps are so underrated in this country. I love a nap. Oh God, they're like the best thing ever. <laughs> whenever I've ever carved, it doesn't happen very often, I'll be honest, but whenever I have been like, do you know what? I just need to lie down for 20 minutes, half an hour. I just feel so much better for it, but yeah. we make ourselves feel guilty for it. Exactly. It's ridiculous. And that's a point, actually. Just like if you're going to do something, I say this to my clients all the time, and this goes from like socializing to taking a nap to slowing down. If you want to do that thing, but there's something in the back of your mind saying like, oh, you shouldn't, do the thing, fully commit to it and don't feel guilt because mm. guilt is a form of stress. So then you're going to counteract all of the amazing benefits. So you having a nap and then beating yourself <laughs> up about it for the rest of the day is so counterintuitive. Yeah. So if you want to go out, you know, and I think this comes up a lot with my clients with socializing, for instance, like, oh, I went out, I had some wine and I had this. And I'm like, but did you enjoy it? They're like, yeah, I had a great time. I'm like, that is nourishing for your hormones. Mm. So do it, enjoy it. Don't beat yourself up for it. And know you'll come back to your foundations a few days or yeah. whenever you're ready, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a really important point because we're so hard on ourselves. Mm. 
Um, so what would you say people should look out for in terms of like signs of hormone imbalances? Yeah. So again, that comes back to the point of your normal. So understanding that. Um, so I suppose when it comes to symptoms and obviously typically we have, we typically have the symptoms around our bleed. That's when they mostly come. So like a little bit of discomfort um, is normal. And it depends on your pain tolerance. So some people, you know, could have the same amount of pain, but they tolerate it differently. I'm sure anyone that's been through birth is probably like, period. like, it's interesting, actually, a lot of people that suffer with severe period pain have and have compared it to childbirth. Mm. I'm like, actually, I would take childbirth. So if really? you, wow, yeah, that's so fascinating. And Maisie Hill says about that in period power, yeah. for instance, as, has, as being somebody that suffered with severe period cramps she compares it to like the experience I've had a couple um over the last couple of years because I've got PCOS um which I only actually found out maybe a year ago Mm. um and I've had a couple this year where I've had pains that go down my legs that feel like contractions and that's when you know like for me that was like okay something's up Mm -hmm. like I need to sort this out because exactly but then I went to the GP and I just got told to go on the pill and I'm, I, yeah, and I, I felt it wasn't her fault because that's the information that she had. Mm. But I felt incredibly frustrated exactly. by that because I'm like, I don't need more chemicals. I need someone to help me like regulate. Exactly. And I think in, the, you know, in their mind, like tech, exactly. If they're like, if you want to regulate and if you want to have a period, you know, go on the pill. But it's like the pill isn't a true period and it's just masking our symptoms. But going back to what we were talking about in terms of, um, the pain element is like, okay, some discomfort is normal because if you think about it, the uterus is like contracting and then it's shedding. So that, you know, there's going to be some discomfort with that and that's absolutely fine. So the pain in the tummy, the sort of abdominal sort of area is what we'd say is normal. But when it radiates to other places, so like exactly what you were saying when it goes down the legs, that's that's a signal that mm. something needs to be looked at had a few people um over on instagram talking about um really bad migraines and and things like that as well is that something that you can advise on um sort of balancing out holistically yeah so like migraines you know something that really jumps to my mind initially is like if you're not supplementing with a good magnesium supplement Mm -hmm. definitely consider it and you know, when it comes to supplements, I'm always food first approach, but magnesium, you can pretty much guarantee that the majority of the population will be deficient in it because our soil now, our soil quality is so deficient in magnesium. So we're not actually able to get it enough through food. Oh, wow! So a good quality magnesium um, and you usually take it around bedtime or you can take one earlier in the day. I kind of have one earlier in the day and then I'll take a different type there's so many different forms um so having a little look at a good magnesium because that will really help kind of like headaches it kind of helps me remineralize all of that kind of stuff so that's what jumps to my mind with migraines Mm -hmm. um so that type of pain as well just paying attention to it but you know pain that goes into the back as well even though I think we all kind of grew up thinking our pain in the back is kind of normal if there's a lot of pain in the back and severe cramps in the stomach which you know you're essentially like doubled over in pain and not able to do anything that's that's not normal Mm -hmm. that needs to be looked into and there's a couple of things that spring to mind when we think about that type of pain and every time I say this term out loud I'm always like 
I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I'm just going to go with it. And if somebody wants to correct me, then go please do. So we we have um, like prostaglandus, which is something that is um, needed to basically make the, the lining of the uterus contract. So then it releases. So we need that. But when we have an excess of it, this is when it can cause period poops. So if you have seriously loose stools around your period, you know, really, you know, diarrhea, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, that's an indication that you have too much prosglandus. Um, and that it's, you know, if the pain is radiating to your back, that can also be a signal because it's basically like the pain, which should be restricted to like the tummy area, like where the uterus is, it's kind of going and radiating to other parts of the body. So things you can kind of do for that is, reducing inflammation in the body because inflammation is going to cause some pain as well and we can do that through a number of ways you know through nutrition tweaks making sure you know our diet is rich in whole foods you know we're eating plenty of protein fats and carbohydrates at every meal you know can we minimize our stress and as we've sort of touched on like stress isn't just psychological stress you know family work Mm -hmm. life sort of stress the body seems sees and perceives stress as different things. So over-exercising is one, not eating enough protein and fat, which I think is so common for us women. Um, and, you know, things like, you know, not taking enough rest days, um, you know, not sleeping enough. And I know that's really, really tricky as a parent. So this is, you know, so it's 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 taking a lifestyle approach to it to kind of, reduce inflammation as much as possible and we want to focus and help the body detox because when typically most hormonal issues you know whether it's acne whether it is period pain heavy periods sort of clotting periods that's all caused when we have too much estrogen in the body so we've kind of touched on Mm -hmm. estrogen like we need her she's amazing but when we have too much and especially in the wrong time of our cycle that's when we kind of have the issues so it's ensuring that our body you know that we're pooping regularly that we're supporting the body to detox that we are sweating that we are kind of moving our bodies to kind of help the lymphatic Mm -hmm. drainage all of that sort of stuff so really focusing on Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Getting the, the estrogen in imbalance. So, yeah. So if anyone listening is like, hey, I want to do this, what would you say is the best place to start in terms of easy food swaps that mm. people can make and maybe 
a couple of recommended I know you, you touched on uh, magnesium but like are there a couple of others that people can start taking just you know something that you can implement quite quickly to start making a change yeah so where I normally start with the majority of my clients is thinking about balancing our blood sugar um, and also thinking about making the body feel safe. This is probably one of my favorite principles is making the body feel feel safe. So we do that through food. So ensuring that we are eating enough. And I feel that most women, like we were talking about this mm. offline, sort of, I particularly grew up in an era of low fat everything because my mum was always doing Weight Watchers. Yeah, so same. I remember always having low fat cottage cheese exactly. in our fridge when we were growing up. Yes, low so fat always a diet on the go. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in that era. So I really had some unlearning to do around fat. Whereas now you come to my house, it is full fat everything, like good yeah. butter. I drink whole milk because I tolerate dairy. So it's really focusing on nourishing fats and just, yeah, I, it's, it's such a mindset shift around fat. So focusing on good whole food, whole food sources of fat um, because the body basically needs fat and it needs cholesterol to build our hormones. That's mm. what the hormones need to build. So I'm often, you know, if I have a little blip and I'm like, oh, there's so much fat in this. I'm like, my hormones need this. This is the yeah. building blocks of my hormones. Do you find yourself now, obviously, you know so much about food and nutrition now. Do you find yourself almost eating more intuitively? Yeah, I would say. Like kind of tapping into that what do what does my what's my body asking for yeah I'm such a creature of habit as mm. well like I like to eat the same things all of the time because it's it's easy mm. um so I would say that I pretty much eat roughly the same sort of meals like there or thereabouts um but I definitely have moved away from the idea of intermittent fasting as a tool that works for me. Mm, there's so many questions about fasting, actually. Yeah, so well. that when I we feel like it's having a moment right yeah, now, isn't it? It has many moments. <laughs> and there's She's eye rolling. <laughs> <laughs> there's a number of reasons why it has moments. You know, the CrossFit community, I love that community. I was part of it for a number of years. But intermittent fasting sort of came hand in hand with mm. that. The same sort of thing with like ketogenic diet and going into ketosis you know those things those principles are fine if you are not dealing with a hormonal issue I wouldn't go anywhere near fasting if you were dealing with mm. a hormonal issue and you want to heal naturally yeah in the future maybe if you're feeling really great maybe you'd want to explore it but if you know for this conversation that we're having and for the clients I work with and for me personally I know it's not a nourishing thing for mm. myself to do and it moves me away from that safety so that's what I would really encourage people here to think about is, you know, we have on one end of the spectrum safety and the body feeling safe. And when the body feels safe, it ovulates well, you know, it allows us to have our period with minimal symptoms. And when the body doesn't feel safe, when we see the other end of the spectrum, that's stress. You know, that's when we're living high cortisol. And when we have high levels of cortisol, cortisol competes with progesterone, which is progesterone is our cool, calm and collected hormone. So if we struggle in the second phase of our cycle, it's because we're probably living too high cortisol. So I would just kind of think of this principle of, okay, I've had a really stressful day in work. 
is that hit class at, you know, 7 p.m. actually going to be the most nourishing thing for me? No, a nice dog walk or a nice walk with mm. a friend to kind of decompress. So always thinking about bringing yourself back into safety. So going back to that nutrition piece, you know, thinking about fat, how can I get those good nourishing fats into my day and protein? I can't, I'm going to stress this so much. We need to focus on protein and especially for us women in breakfast time and lunchtime because the majority of people I know live on cereal and they live on like a sandwich or a soup and there's barely enough calories let alone protein. When I first started having uh, conversations with you about my personal like hormone journey and that was one thing that I was so surprised by because I I was like I have a healthy breakfast everyone I have porridge Mm. pretty much every morning and then you saying oh no you need protein this is why you're having an energy dip. You need to have your protein in the morning. And it's such a game changer. And I just never thought to do it before. And I think it's because you're at school and you kind of get taught about the food groups. And we were talking about the the little <laughs> the triangle, pyramid, the pyramid yeah. earlier and how it needs to be flipped the other way around. But when you've already been kind of conditioned, it's, it's, it is complete relearning around the food groups. Yes, it is. Again, like I've said, this work is unlearning. So if you're Mm. sat there going like, oh my gosh, this is like everything that I do is like the opposite. This is absolutely fine. Mm. You are with friends here. We've all done the same thing and it's all focusing on that kind of unlearning. So the protein aspect, yes, is huge. And that comes back to balancing our blood sugar. So when our blood sugar is balanced, again, the body feels safe and we have this nice balanced control of our energy throughout the day we have nice balanced moods we're not on this kind of like emotional sort of energy roller coaster Mm -hmm. throughout the day and if you experience that throughout the day then you bet you're going to experience it through your cycle so really focusing on protein for breakfast and lunch and I often say most people have it down for dinner time because we got more time Mm. to like prepare a nice nourishing dinner um so really focusing on that and in terms of you know because I've with my clients we talk a lot about lazy bitch hacks because we are all so busy we've got I love your lazy bitch (laughs) hacks they're the best we've got so much going on and I I don't want to spend hours in the kitchen like so I know my clients definitely don't so it's like how can we stock the fridge, stock the pantry with things that we can literally just grab and go. It is possible. You don't have to believe what people say on Instagram and everything has to be like whole foods yeah. and like beautiful. It doesn't have to be like that if you don't have the time. So some some of my favorite go-tos, like I'm a big fan of if you're going to be in the kitchen anyway, make it count. So if you're making potatoes, always like triple the recipe because white potatoes and sweet potatoes, any kind of starchy veg, when they've been cooked and cooled, but potatoes in particularly, when they've been cooked and then cooled, they develop this resistance starch, which is really great food for our gut bacteria. And our gut and our hormones are so closely linked. So if we, any way we can kind of focus on good gut health, that's a really great hack. So always cook more potatoes and kind of have them for a few days after. It's absolutely fine. I love how opposite this is, though, going back to what you're saying about how we grew up. It's like, yes, eat all the potatoes. I love this. Yeah, exactly. And like you can cook potatoes in so many different ways, can't you? You can boil them. You can make like wedges. You can like fry, you know, you could. there's lots of different ways to do them. So have that variety. So potatoes is one thing that I always make in batch white rice as well like when I got told that I could eat white white rice and I didn't have to like limit myself I was like this is amazing 
So, and that forms a resistant starch as well. So I'm always like bulk cooking things like rice. And then you can make like delicious, like egg fried rice the next mm-hmm. day, that kind of thing, or like tofu, whatever your chosen sort of protein source is. And then some other things to kind of always have in the fridge and the pantry are, you know, things like the smoked mackerel you can buy in the supermarket, any kind of smoked um, fish that you can then sort of just throw in with a salad and potatoes. You know, you can get tinned sort of salmon and, you know, sardines, all of that kind of stuff. So you've got those in the pantry and you can quickly throw them into things. That's a really easy way. And then just thinking of just having you know, the the fridge stocked with things that are good sources of like protein and fat. So like a good quality, like yogurt that you can throw into smoothies. I'm a big fan of collagen powder. So having that in the cupboards, you can throw into smoothies for your protein source and amino acids. I remember one thing um, you told me to do is get uh, those little smoked salmon flakes mm. that you can just top on things. Oh, the kelp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the sea vegetables. They are amazing. So that's actually one of my favorite hacks is sea vegetables. So things like kelp and what's the other one? Can't think of it right now off the top of my head. Oh, like dulcy flakes. Um, And there's a really great like Cornish brand for anybody that's in the UK. And amazing, just like a quarter of a teaspoon sprinkled on a salad. You don't even know it's there is your iodine for the day. And iodine is a super important nutrient for our thyroid. And our thyroid is so important for our hormone health. So yeah, there are so many just little hacks like that. And even just like, it's the point of using a good quality salt, like a nice Mm. Celtic sea salt. We need the salt to help the body hydrate. I know that sounds really (laughs) counterintuitive, but it does. Otherwise the cells are not taking the hydration. So things like that as well. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably a good sort of place to start. So if someone wanted to learn specific things that they should and shouldn't eat during different phases of their cycle, where where would you tell them to start? So obviously when we talk about phases of the cycle, you've got your spring and your summer and your autumn and your winter. Because I know that um, seed cycling is quite a good way of just introducing really easily one thing, Mm. um, one little way that you can kind of help balance things out. Yeah. So the whole principle with seed cycling is to do with like helping the helping the body detox um, from, you know, the recirculating of, of estrogen. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't particularly, I don't practice seed cycling myself. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I'm a, an expert mm-hmm. on. So what I will talk more about is that kind of nourishing yourself through the the sort of phases, how that nutrition might look. And this might seem, I don't think it's controversial, but it's, I suppose maybe it, it deviates slightly from where others in the hormone health sphere kind of go and I would actually say before you get into that get the basics right so again go back to every meal that you have being macro balance so protein fats and carbs and even to the point of if you're having a substantial snack ensure that that has protein and fat as well so don't just have you know say in the afternoon when we're looking for something like around 3 p.m and you think oh you know instead of a biscuit I'm gonna have an apple yep that's a great swap but that apple is just a car is a naked carbohydrate Mm -hmm. so have you got a bit of nut butter because then what that will do is having the fat from the nut butter is going to help slow the release of that carbohydrate down so we're not having that crash and it's way more delicious to have nut butter with some fruit similarly if you want to have some berries pair it with a yogurt so I would say really focus on that principle first before you before you dive into the world of like oh I could do this in this phase so get once you've got that down and then 
the principle of eating with the cycle is, again, tuning in to the phases and what do you naturally gravitate towards in those phases? So like winter and autumn, we're naturally going to gravitate towards warmer foods, stodgier foods, more carbohydrates. And the body in that time, especially in our inner autumn, does actually burn more calories at rest. So it's no surprise that we we do crave more starchy mm. foods. We do crave like I love sweet potatoes. Like give me a salty sweet potato oh, fry yes. <laughs> <laughs> in that autumn phase for sure. So that's normal. So you know, eating a little bit more in the autumn winter phase is absolutely fine. So focusing more on those starchy vegetables. And then naturally you'll probably notice that during sort of spring and summer, you probably do gravitate towards more lighter foods. So, you know, focusing more on like the salads, big sort of salads, but again, never not eating those macro balanced in that macro balanced way. Because like I say, that's creating the safety for the body as well as ensuring you've got the energy and the building blocks that your hormones need to like create themselves mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and so would that sort of be the same for people who are maybe postpartum, maybe they've just come off birth control, had a lot of these types of questions coming through on Instagram where people are kind of in that, probably quite a difficult time hormonally would they take the same sort of method almost towards food as someone who isn't going through any of that yeah and again it comes to safety really because postpartum obviously I'm not a postpartum like hormone expert mm -hmm. by any means but I do have clients that I'm working with that are sort of figuring out life postpartum and it is a new phase like if we look at our lives in stages we go through stages and this is why I absolutely love Chinese medicine because that sees the cycle of a menstruator's kind of life in these sort of like seven year chunks so if you think of like your you know your period what was going on for you post even getting pregnant it's going to be very different postpartum because your body has only been having one particular type of hormone while you've ah, been pregnant okay. so it is I suppose quite similar to when we go off hormonal birth control is that your body's now going oh I've got to figure this out for myself yeah. again so it is almost that phase this is a phase of like recalibration where the body is sort of going okay what happens now because at one point um you know we only had one type of hormone when we were pregnant. So like afterwards, it's like figuring it out of, okay, how do I get back into that rhythm? And similarly, when you're coming off hormonal birth control, because typically like if we just talk about the combined pill, you're having a synthetic form of progesterone and estrogen. So when you finish that, your body is now having to figure it out for itself again. So it is about creating that safety so everything that I talk about and that I teach my clients regardless of what phase of life that they're in the principles are going to be the same so nourishing yourself through those whole foods making sure that your body feels safe that you're managing your stress as well as possible but what's really important in both postpartum and hormonal after hormonal birth control is understanding nutrient deficiencies because unfortunately 
when we are on hormonal birth control, it does affect how the body can absorb mm. key nutrients, you know, things like zinc, um, which is an amazing oh, wow, for, the, yeah, for the immune system. Yeah, there's a lot of nutrients that the, the pill actually depletes. And it does that in a variety of different ways, but it affects our gut health as well. So yeah. that the, the majority of things are absorbed through the gut. So not having an ideal kind of gut barrier mm. and gut lining does then affect how That's we're so actually to, able to absorb. So you could be eating all of these amazing things, but the body isn't actually able to absorb wow. it. I find it mind boggling how it's almost like as soon as you decide to become sexually active the pill is just thrown at you and you're like okay I'll just take this pill and you most of us I'm just guessing here like generalizing but most of us are quite young when we're given that option so we're not we don't really think about exploring other ways that maybe we can manage contraception and things and and then you end up taking it for like x amount of years and you don't really understand what it's really doing to your body and how it's affecting your day-to-day -day life and I just find that so mad that there's this lack of education in schools particularly you're kind of told the methods and that's it and then most of us unless you go on to research this yourself that's all we ever really know about it and yeah. we're just blindly taking these pills not knowing what they're doing exactly and like you know I shared earlier like I was on hormonal birth control for 10 years from the age of 15 so there was a huge chunk of my develop like developing life mm. as an adult that I did not know what I was experiencing naturally because that process was turned off so I, basically the best way I can describe it towards the end of my cycle with taking hormonal birth control was I just felt a bit numb I felt numb sexually I didn't really want to have sex anymore mm. and it's like if you go on hormonal birth control to be you know to be independent and to ensure that you know you're not having any unpre mm. unplanned pregnancies if a doctor told you actually it's probably going to affect your sexual desire maybe that would affect how yeah. you chose to take it it probably would have you know I was a very different person when I was 15 making those decisions so if that if that would have been told to me maybe that was the thing that would have changed mm. my mind potentially it affects us in the the most ways that we wouldn't even know to the point where it affects our smell so wow, you know what? like you know being attracted wow. to a partner is more than just that kind of physical attraction or being attracted to somebody's personality there's these other chemical reactions happening in our body that we mm -hmm. don't know you know the smell of them they have a smell so it changes it so say for instance you got with a partner on hormonal birth control and then you stop taking it and your body kind of recalibrates there is some science around the fact that that could actually change how you're attracted to that person wow, because that's so fascinating I know, I know so it's like these little things that like we don't even... I feel like that's just blown my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it is it is incredible, like, how it affects us in so many ways that we don't realise. Like, you know, I'm envious of people that have quite a severe reaction to a pill, for instance. Yeah. You know, some people, it really affects their mental health, yeah. and they're like, no, I'm not taking I've it. I've been on, I think, three or four previous in previous years. I'm not anymore, but I just could, I couldn't get on with any of them. They mm. made me so emotional and it was just exhausting but then you feel as as the woman I guess a lot of that pressure gets put on you to to be the one who's in charge of contraception yeah and I think I don't know I just find that whole conversation around that really interesting because 
I'm like, why are we not flipping that around? Why why is it always yeah. generalizing again? But in my personal experience, it's always been me who has been in charge of that. A hundred percent. And it's quite interesting because there's obviously, you know, there have been studies done on a male hormonal contraceptive mm. pill. So there is a male pill. So I put it out to my Instagram audience, like, how do you feel about it? And it was like such a mixed bag. Like people were like, well, I just wouldn't trust the man to know that he's been taking it. remember to take it. <laughs> so yeah. even if that was an option, would we go for it? I don't know. And it's such a, yeah, I think... You know, I am not um, anti-hormonal birth control. You know, it has done a lot for bringing forward sort of like women's rights and, you know, accessible sort of, you know, ensuring that we're not having these unplanned pregnancies. And there's no judgment on anybody taking it if you continue Mm -hmm. to take it once you know everything but I feel that we don't know and we're not being told everything around it so if you knew all of the information and you thought well actually I'm quite I'm fine with that but we know it's such a small piece of the puzzle like all I remember is being told it may increase your risk of stroke and I was like does 15 year old me care about that no and you know I used to go and get my blood pressure checked and they'd say it was fine I can carry on for another year so it's amazing that even as an adult like say for example after I had my second child I was looking to go on um birth control didn't want to go on the pill didn't want anything hormonal got told oh copper coil is your best option which I still actually have but I did not know so much about that and now I'm looking exploring other other avenues um for contraception because I'm like I want that out but it's such a personal choice isn't it and I think it really depends on how your hormones affect you personally and how your hormones affect your life and how bad the symptoms are for you and where it's possible for you to alleviate that maybe you don't even need to be on it um but it's again, it's such a personal thing. And I think a lot of people are just using these methods because it's easy. It's easier than tracking and knowing exactly when you're ovulating and when you when you should abstain from mm. having sex. It's it's easier than going through an unplanned, unplanned pregnancy and everything that that sort of entails and, and comes with. But it's like it's almost overwhelming to think what's the other option yeah. for us? Yeah. Like if we don't, if we're not looking to have more children, what's the option other than having a lot of self-control when maybe you don't want to? Yeah, exactly. And and we're not told enough about the other options, natural contraception Mm. and the other things that are available to us and having conversations. If you have finished having children or you know you're not a couple that wants to have children, like having that conversation with a partner is vasectomy an Mm. option. We've got to have these grown up conversations. And And they're uncomfortable sometimes. They're so uncomfortable. But the act of sex is a two person thing. So why should the why should all of the responsibility be on one person Mm -hmm. in that relationship. So I often have to challenge my clients that don't have those conversations with their partners to go, why? Why do you not want to have that conversation Mm -hmm. with that partner? Is it fear? You know, and often we project fear. We think, oh, they're gonna gonna say no or- Yeah, we'll make up this whole kind of story or even like an argument that you've made up that's going to happen in your head when actually like that's just that's just what you think is going to happen and that's completely normal isn't it like we often go worst case scenario of like oh my god they're going to break up with me because they think I'm really like fussy or but you know it's a grown-up thing that we're doing so we should be able to have Mm. these open grown-up conversations and yes there are multiple 
different um, birth control methods. There are pros and cons to each and every one of them. But I do feel that like, especially I have this with so many of my clients that are postpartum. It's like, why is it that I've literally just pushed out a baby and they, they the first thing they want to talk to me is about inserting a coil? Yeah. Like, why what, can't the woman just have a little break yeah. of like things it happening there? It is exhausting. I, I feel like my personal journey with my hormones has been such an exhausting journey and it's only now that I'm in my early 30s I'm actually beginning to really understand it and and the science behind it and I feel like that's such a shame Mm. because it would have made things so much easier in my like 20s even in my teens just knowing having these tools yeah and just knowing how to kind of manage it all and how to kind of plan your life almost around your cycle or whatever's going on it's such a shame not to have known that yeah and I do hope I feel that things are changing and like with with the access that we can get to you know people sharing so openly on social media about experiences Mm. like this I do feel that there is a change happening but then also with that comes like it's really bloody confusing all of the information out there so yeah, I would just say, you know, if you are being like, wow, there's a lot to think about, it's quite confusing. Like my place to start would be think about balancing your blood sugar. So like starting the day with like a big mug of water with lemon, really nourishing the body, rehydrating from the night before, having your breakfast with protein, fats and carbs within 90 minutes of waking because that anything longer, like if you think about it, you've been fasting for 12 hours Mm. normally if like your last meal was like 8 p.m. and then you're not really having your breakfast until after eight. So we kind of want to be eating within that 90 minute window of waking up. And then not allowing ourselves to starve throughout the day. You know, when you're like, people are like, oh, I just get busy and I forget to eat. I'm, I'm not one of those people. I'm always thinking about food. But if you are one of those people, just ensuring that you're having, you know, a good snack to tide you over until lunch. And again, making that macro balance. Like that is where I would start. Once you've got that foundation nailed, then kind of look at tackling one of the others. Like, mm-hmm. is it stress that needs to have a little look at? Do you need more of that downtime in your life? Could you improve your sleep in a certain way? Are you interested in looking at like the whole sort of toxin ex- exposure and the things mm, in your I feel home? like that's a whole nother podcast, right? Oh yeah. And that is, a mo- <laughs> I feel like we definitely need to do part two because this Absolutely. is, I, it's like just kind of yeah scraping and it's probably started like more questions than it you know it makes us think and we're like oh I've got another question come from that point and I can definitely vouch for your um snacking tip because I'm not a snacker I just I have three meals I don't really get hungry in between those three meals I have quite big meals Mm. and then I was like Kirsty why am I so tired like what's wrong with me thinking it was this huge issue and just taking that one tip and implementing it and just having like I don't know like a handful even if it's just a handful of nuts or an orange or like anything I'm not so good with the kind of macro balancing in every (laughs) snack um just because life is busy I'm guilty of that but just doing that has made such a difference to my energy yeah and it's not something I have to kind of remember to do it because I don't get hungry Mm. So it's something that I'm like, my body needs it, even if I, I'm not getting the signal and it makes such a difference. Yeah, like ideally we kind of don't really, when we're when we're trying to balance our hormones, we don't really want to be going for periods more than three or four hours. Mm. So if you are going out for the day, really thinking about can I, what can I take as a snack with me or I know I can pick yeah. something up in this place. 
because what happens is then like I get hangry. So that's when the blood sugar has actually gone too low. So, mm. you know, we're, we can ride this wave of blood sugar. So we, we want to keep it nice and stable. So, you know, if you're thinking, wow, there's so much to think about, that's really where I would start. And the really empowering thing is when we focus on blood sugar balancing, you can start to feel benefits with your energy and your mood within seven to 10 days. Like that's why I start with that piece. It's really important. But, you know, when you're when you're making changes, we want we want quick wins. Mm -hmm. We want something to happen for us to go, okay, this is worth it. This is worth a little yeah. bit of extra prep and then time. it kind of encourages you to look at making other changes. Like exactly. for example, you were saying, what's your sleep pattern? How early are you going to bed? Yeah. That type of thing. Once you see one area improving, it becomes way more attractive to you to, yeah. to make other changes. Exactly. So that's, you know, that's the way I kind of run my program. It's like, make sure, you know, we are, we're working on the things that you know are going to get you the wins that keep you motivated for then considering the things that seem a little bit more not challenging but they are they require more effort and you know like we've said we're all super busy so sometimes we're like oh don't have the effort yeah. for that but when we get the feedback from the body that is like yes mm -hmm. this is what I need I feel like I actually have more energy and brain capacity to even think about making these changes so if anyone um listening kind of wanted to go away and explore this a little bit more do you have any particular resources that you would recommend for everyone yeah so obviously I'm going to recommend my own resources yeah of course um I've created, for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've created like an ebook on this which is basically like all of these principles that I've talked about it's a quick start guide to all of them how do you get them all you know how can you tick them all off in a really manageable way so that's a really implementable way to get started and then just get some of the resources that we've talked about like period power is probably my top book on periods that I absolutely love so that one is a great one and then I think we could probably link to a couple more mm -hmm. in the show notes yep. um, but there's one particularly around coming off hormonal birth control which I think would be really interesting yeah. for a lot of people listening um, and there's one called I think it's called like the period fix so those would probably be my go-to where they have really great strategies very similar to what we've talked about mm -hmm. here um, so yeah we can provide the the links and everything to go with that so you can refer to that and I offer 60 minute free coaching calls so you can kind of be like okay this is the one thing that I'd like to focus on how can I implement it considering everything that I have going on in my life you know I everyone has such different schedules and exactly yeah it can be quite a minefield I think for some people yeah. to even think about making all these changes and I think especially it just can seem so overwhelming before you really know very much about it and what works for you. So, And that's exactly what we want to avoid. And I'm so guilty of this when I kind of, you know, get some new information. I almost get like paralyzed yeah. with the overwhelm, which leads me to procrastinate. And then I get frustrated. So I'm in this cycle. So it's kind of like, yeah, what's one small step that you can take forward and yeah. just kind of Baby Just steps. Baby steps all the way. Um, and, you know, then you have this great moment, you know, three months, six months into the future when you're like, oh, my gosh, look how far. Look how far I've come and look at how much look how much I've learned. And I'm a very much a coach that kind of helps you experiment. And it's 
this is the mindset that I think is really a bit of a game changer where we go into these things and they're an experiment. Mm. So I'm going to experiment with this macro balance meal that she keeps banging on about. <laughs> what am I learning from that experiment? I'm learning actually it's quite challenging. Why is it challenging? And then seeing what in your environment can assist you mm-hmm. and what can pivot and change. And I feel like when we shift that mindset from from it being like, I have to achieve it, it's a goal to it being an experiment. I'm just getting feedback. It really kind of makes us just willing to try. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we need to round things up, unfortunately, <laughs> as much as I would love to sit here for hours and talk about all of this. I feel like we need to do a part two because I feel like there's so much more information that you can share with our listeners that will be so beneficial. But thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today about everything hormones and periods. Um, I'm going to link Kirsty's Instagram and website in the show notes below and also the books that she's mentioned and then we'll probably forage a few more resources and things as well for people who are interested in some of the topics that have come up today but yeah thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's been been an absolute pleasure (laughs) thank you Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. 